0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Geeks Crossing. I'm your host, Matt, and today we're going to be shooting to the stars. A few months ago, I went through the worlds of Super Mario 64 from the perspective of a house hunter, and I ranked the location from the least to the most homeowner-friendly. It was a fun enough episode to make, and it served as the start of a mini-series I wanted to do, taking this to other Mario games as well. This episode will be the second part of that mini-series. Now that I've analyzed the somewhat confusing worlds of Super Mario 64... Seriously, are they inside paintings? Do the paintings teleport you to real places? What's up with that? What's going on? It's time to reach some concrete and rather large locations. I'm no longer visiting small caves and magic carpets for my real estate, I'm journeying to entire galaxies. That's right, today I will be ranking galaxies in Super Mario Galaxy from the perspective of an aspiring homeowner. Yes, I know, Super Mario Sunshine comes next in the uh, chronology, but I'm not ranking that one because it's all on one giant tropical island and there's not really a whole lot of diversity in the scenery. I'm very excited. (laughs) The the original Super Mario Galaxy is probably my favorite video game of all time. Part of the inspiration for this series actually came from young Matt, (laughs) who, when he was dealing with insomnia, played through Super Mario Galaxy levels in his head. Since this is the second episode of this miniseries, and it's been a little while since the last installment, Allow me to go over the rules. I'm not judging galaxies based on which are the most iconic or the most fun to traverse. I'm judging based on if I, a fairly typical human being, wanted to settle down. Which worlds would allow for a peaceful lifestyle and which galaxies would put my very life in danger. That's our mission today and boy is it a big one. See, another reason that this episode's coming out a little later than I had initially anticipated is because of scope. Super Mario 64 had 18 worlds that I ranked. Super Mario Galaxy more than doubles that with at least 42 worlds. And spoiler alert, the next episode of the miniseries will take us to Super Mario Galaxy 2, which will be the biggest episode of this miniseries with over 49 worlds to rank. Today, though, we'll still have a lot to get through, since, surprisingly, it won't be easy, enjoyable, or relaxing in any way to live in hazardous galaxies where a black hole is never usually that far away. Uh, By the way, for the sake of this list, we're going to assume that black holes act as they do in Super Mario Galaxy and not as they would in real life, because otherwise there'd be no galaxies at all. We're also going to assume that I have access to launch stars or maybe one of those little toad starships or something I could use to get me to these places in the first place because I don't have a personal spaceship to utilize. (laughs) Well, I'm going to have my work cut out for me, so let's not dawdle any longer. Pick your favorite galaxy and keep it in the back of your mind to see how far it makes it on this list because we're starting from the absolute worst galaxies to call home and working our way towards the very best. The very worst galaxy to call home in Super Mario Mario Galaxy is Hurry Scurry Galaxy. The gimmick of this galaxy is that Mario has to run on a giant globe made of platforms that disappear the instant he touches one. I'm sure you can see the problem here. I can't exactly build a home for myself on a planet that ceases to exist after 30 seconds and the Hurry Scurry Galaxy doesn't really have any other planets to offer. In fact a lot of the bottom portion of this list is populated by galaxies that use a gimmick and therefore have very few normal platforms that a normal person could stand on, let alone build a home on. The Matter Splatter galaxy has the odd normal platform, but other than that it's all weird psychedelic stages that expand and shrink over and over again. The Loop-de-loop galaxy and the Loop-de-swoop galaxy at least look nice with clear blue skies and clean water, but once again there's only a single platform in either stage that would even be possible to live on. Bubble Blast galaxy gives us a slightly bigger platform to work with, but it's nothing to write home about as if you're not going through in a bubble, it's more or less just a void in space with fields of electric currents and bullet bills. No thanks. The Sling Pod Galaxy is home to, well, home to sling pods, which Mario could use to fling himself from pod to pod. But some random tiny space rocks with sling pods growing out of them doesn't sound like good real estate to me. The Honey Climb Galaxy seems much bigger than the rest of these, but in all actuality, there's only a few tiny platforms to call home, not nearly big enough to settle down. And the Flip Switch Galaxy is the last galaxy that features this trend, at least for now. The galaxy consists mainly of one giant cube-shaped planet covered in panels that each have to be pressed. Once you do this, the planet becomes mostly normal, but doing this isn't an easy task for an average human, as you have to make some big jumps and deal with spiked platforms and laser-shooting turret robots. One wrong jump sends you straight into a black hole. No thank you, let's move on. The Bubble Breeze Galaxy comes next, and from all that we've seen of it, this galaxy appears to be a never-ending sea of toxic swamp, with only a tiny set of islands surrounded by rocks in the middle. To this galaxy's credit, this set of islands is probably bigger than most of the platforms in the lower galaxies of this list, but a fairly decent-sized island in the middle of nowhere, surrounded on every side by deadly sludge for hundreds of miles, still doesn't sound like a rosy existence to me. I can't believe it's taken us this long to get to the Melty Molten Galaxy. You'll recall on my previous list that Lethal Lava Land, you know, the terrible world of lava, was ranked second lowest. But here, just for having a large enough amount of solid ground, Melty Molten is automatically placed higher than many other worlds in this list. That said, between the sea of boiling lava and the active volcano in a galaxy surrounded by scorching hot suns, yeah, I don't think I want to spend too much time here. Next up, I rank all the Bowser worlds. Bowser Jr.'s Robot Reactor, Bowser's Star Reactor, Bowser's Dark Matter Plant, Bowser Jr.'s Lava Reactor, Bowser Jr.'s Airship Armada, and Bowser's Galaxy Reactor. Despite the fact that most of these worlds have some semblance of a planet, Bowser Jr.'s Airship Armada is down on its bottom because it's mostly airships, which, you know, wouldn't be there normally, getting permanent access to these planets usually require beating some horrible boss like Mega Leg or King Caliente. If I have to beat a Titanic automaton or a lava-dwelling squid monster to get a planet of my own, I'd... Sincerely doubt I'll have the ability to do so. (laughs) Along with Bowser Jr's Airship Armada, Bowser's Galaxy Reactor is the other loser of the Bowser worlds, just because of how many gimmicks there are. Gravity-defying spotlights, for instance, as well as natural hazards and villainous minions that would make a normal life here virtually impossible. Higher than the Bowser stages is the Bonefin Galaxy, From what we see of this galaxy, it's mostly contained on one planet, and as long as you stay out of the water at all times, there actually is a fair bit of land you might be able to settle. That said, what dwells beneath the water is a gigantic zombie fish, at least a fifth of the size of the entire planet, So I would still personally recommend avoiding Bonefin Galaxy. Next up is the Sand Spiral Galaxy. Other than a decent sized starting platform, this galaxy almost immediately confronts you with fast moving sand, ghostly booze, and a variety of power-ups that I don't think I could effectively make use of. Speaking of ghosts, we float into Boo's Boneyard Galaxy next. This galaxy is small and mainly consists of an underground racecourse. There's a hot headed boo racer to make conversation with here, and there is a large amount of solid ground, which does wonders on this list. But like I said, this world is mostly underground, and there's also a giant pile of human skeletons at the bottom, so. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> the Drip Drop Galaxy shares the problems of the Bonefin Galaxy, but on a smaller scale. Instead of one giant fish monster, there's three large man-eating eels. So definitely stay out of the water. (laughs) I rank this higher than the Bonefin Galaxy because there's at least penguins to talk with, and defeating some eels seems a lot easier than defeating a giant zombie fish. Next up is the Dusty Dune Galaxy. Probably the biggest galaxy yet featured, consisting of multiple giant planets. This galaxy's problem is that most of these planets suffer from the same problem. 99% of most planet surfaces are coated in deadly quicksand. There's a few decent sized platforms around here and there, of course, but if I have to always keep one eye open out of fear of losing my step and tripping into quicksand, that's just no way to live. Plus, this is a desert world, and there's not even any water around on most planets, so I think I'll be staying away. Now, the Rolling Green Galaxy and the Rolling Gizmo Galaxy are interesting. Much like Hurry Scurry, loop-to-loop and pod galaxies, these worlds are based on gimmicks, in this case rolling around on a ball from platform to platform, but take the ball out of the equation, as I would because I obviously wouldn't balance on a ball for the rest of my life, and these two galaxies actually have a lot of decent sized platforms. Nothing too crazy, but a cut above the, what we've seen so far for the most part, the big mouth galaxy gives you your own private beach, which is awfully nice. But it's not incredibly big, and it's the only place you could really journey unless you can hold your breath for a long time plus I have a feeling the sand here would be all damp and muddy since it's pretty much cave soil and not actual beach sand, which we'll get up to higher on the list, hint hint. The snow galaxy is next, and I wouldn't be surprised if you forgot this galaxy existed, because when I 100%ed the game for the first time, around February or March 2021, I legitimately could not remember ever playing this level before. But for all intents and purposes, it's a fairly simple romp, a pill-shaped snowy planet. Maybe it wouldn't be the most comfortable, but it's leagues above some of the lower spots in this list. Besides, there's three star bunnies to hang out with, so you won't go crazy from loneliness. This next one may come as a surprise, but I'm ranking Ghostly Galaxy here. This galaxy shares a major problem with Big Boo's haunt in Super Mario 64. Sure there's a giant mansion seemingly ripe for the taking, but it's infested with booze, violent ghosts that I have no way to physically damage. That said, it's much easier to deal with them here, as I would only need to lead them into a source of light to defeat them. So even though this is still not at the top of my list I would still have to become a Ghostbuster to claim the mansion as my own, I think it could be done. And as a result, this galaxy is much better than Big Boo's Haunt for real estate. With Ghostly Galaxy, we're really starting to move into galaxies where comfortable living is much more feasible. Maybe still not easy, but definitely feasible. Our next galaxy should be familiar to fans of this game's soundtrack, the Space Junk Galaxy. There are some little planetoids where you might be able to build a life for yourself, but nothing too crazy. There is that really neat planet made of crystal or glass with the maze inside of it, and I imagine that could make for some fairly comfortable living. Still, there are much better options on this list. In order from worst to best, I place Buoy Base Galaxy, the Battle Rock Galaxy, and the Dreadnought Galaxy pretty much back-to-back because my pros and cons with them are more or less the same. See, when Mario traverses them, he's under fire from cannons, villainous goons, explosions, all kind of crazy stuff. But all three basically feature giant, functioning space stations. In Buoy Base's case, it's a lot smaller, hence why it's the bottom of the three, but the Battle Rock itself, as well as the Dreadnought, are gigantic bases made out of a hollowed-out space rock and a massive spaceship, respectively. If I could find out how to get into either of them, I would be a happy camper, because that's a huge, well-protected place to live. That said, we don't have a ton of information on what's actually in there, so I can't put these galaxies too, too high, since I'm largely speculating. So they go right here, among the comfortable, above-average galaxies. And next among those galaxies is the freeze-flame galaxy. Probably to some surprise. Sure, neither the icy cold mountain planet or the boiling hot lava planet scream quality real estate, but I find the former planet, the icy one in particular, could make for some cozy living. Decently-sized, self-contained planet like the icy mountain planet, could be a great place to build a little log cabin and drink hot chocolate. That said, it's not the biggest planet, and I don't know if I'd really like to live in a place where it's cold all the time. Snowman's Land made it high on my Super Mario 64 real estate ranking episode, yes, but it was mostly by default, since the worlds in that game weren't nearly as homeowner friendly. You know, it's almost like the people making Mario games aren't considering the potential real estate markets of their game worlds. How strange. Moving on, let's head to the Toy Time Galaxy. Plain and simple, this is just a fun world, with cheery music and fun toy and dessert themed planets. That said, I don't necessarily think toy time is the best place to live. Sure, there's some okay sized planets where one could make a house for themselves, maybe out of literal building blocks, but I still think we could do better, and we'll see bigger galaxies with larger and more inviting planets. In fact, we're actually entering the top 10 spots on this list. If you haven't heard me mention your favorite galaxy yet, that means that it's probably a prime location to settle down and live in peace at least compared to all the other worlds in this game. Deep Dark Galaxy is an underrated one, in my opinion. It's a fun enough galaxy to explore, but the real showstopper is the private beach, far bigger than the one in Big Mouth Galaxy. There's a huge chasm with an old galleon, getting some Jolly Roger Bay vibes, but unfortunately it may or may not be claimed by Bowser's minion, Camilla the Magikoopa, so you might have to steer clear of it throwing in the booze that you could probably deal with, though it may not be the most fun or easy task, and you can definitely see why the Deep Dark Galaxy, though a really strong contender, is definitely not the best. I was quite torn on the Sweet Sweet Galaxy. I initially had it much lower on this list, but as I continued to rank other galaxies, it continued to rise higher and higher, eventually settling down in this spot. See, Mario went about his journey in Sweet Sweet Galaxy all wrong. He hopped and leapt through tight valleys over cookie-cutter holes, when he should've just walked on the giant layer cake platforms he was navigating in between. This galaxy has clear skies, and I'm sure it smells great, but the jury's still out on whether or not things go stale here. Plus, living on a cake is pretty cool, but I'm sure you'd get sick of the icing constantly getting on all your clothes. Now we're getting to some real classics. The Good Egg Galaxy, and just barely beating it, the Gusty Garden Galaxy. I rank these two galaxies together because they've made it this high for virtually identical reasons. A huge variety of decent-to-large-sized, simple, grassy planets to choose from. By and large, these are solid galaxies to call home. And even if there are some drawbacks, bosses to avoid, some planets being smaller than others, I really do think you can't go wrong with either of these two options. I mean, hey, someone's already had the idea to build a house in Good Egg Galaxy, though you never actually meet him, you'll spawn in front of his house for every star. That said, I do put Gusty Garden just barely ahead of Good Egg because of Gusty Garden's clear daylight sky... But I think you could make a very fine home in either. I'm going to rank the Gateway Galaxy next. Whereas the Good Egg and the Gusty Garden Galaxy have many different planets to choose from, Gateway, and actually all the remaining galaxies on this list for the most part, really only have one planet that it would make sense to settle. In Gateway Galaxy's case, it's the starting planet, perhaps the most iconic planet in the entire game. Complete with flower fields, rocks, greenery, even some little houses you could potentially nab for yourself if they're empty. The main planet of the Gateway Galaxy provides a wonderful opportunity for simple, peaceful living. And even if you might get somewhat lonely, you can do much, much worse. The next two galaxies are tied, for what I hope are obvious reasons. The Honeyhive Galaxy and the Gold Leaf Galaxy. I get that they wanted you to feel like you were returning to a slightly different version of a familiar place, but really, are we supposed to believe that these two galaxies are meaningfully different? It's nearly the same setup. The main planet has been rotated horizontally, and some of the smaller planets are different. But both galaxies would be fantastic places to settle. You'd be right at home in a friendly community of bees. Sure, I'm not a huge fan of bugs, including bees, but these ones seem a lot sweeter and less horrifying on the eyes. The main planets of both galaxies are complete with running water tree. is just a very nice, relaxed vibe. The only fault I can think of is the possibility that I can't utilize the bee mushroom, a childhood dream of mine, (laughs) And also the never-ending line of rolling boulders that you have to traverse to reach certain parts of the main planet. But those issues aside, these two galaxies provide a wonderful home. Next up is the Beach Bowl Galaxy, which I'm sure you could have seen coming. A sunny, happy, tropical planet with a race of friendly penguins to talk to and hang out with. What an awesome vibe, right? I could lounge on the beach, play games with the penguins, do somersaults off of the vine swings into the refreshing tropical water on this galaxy's main planet which I'd probably stick to. The Cataquac Waterfall Planet seems nice, maybe a decent place to visit, but I want nothing to do with that terrifying swamp planet. But you know what's better than a tropical beach planet? An even bigger tropical beach planet. And that's why the Sea Slide Galaxy is up next on my list. The third best location in this game to call home. The Beach Bowl is nice. Its main planet is decent sized. Nothing to scoff at, especially when compared to most of the bottom half of this list. But Sea Slide boasts one of the largest planets in the game, at least by length. It's a massive ring of tropical water complete with islands, hills, trees, even a lighthouse. Perhaps a pre-built home one could take advantage of. I can imagine it now. Greeting every morning with a smile and a lap around the ring. Greeting my penguin neighbors with a fond hello. Life does not get much better than this tropical paradise. Next up, number two on this list, I have the Comet Observatory. If you listen to my Super Mario 64 episode, this should not surprise you too much, seeing as I actually ranked Peach's Castle the best world to live in. The Comet Observatory, the hub for Super Mario Galaxy, is a fairly nice and comfortable place to dwell with. No threat of black holes or any of Bowser's minions. Plus, the place comes fully furnished, with a bedroom, kitchen, terrace, library, and many other rooms and locations. You'll be joined by the Lumas who populate it, although you may be considered a crappy roommate by Rosalina, who owns and operates the ship. I also don't see how I'd be able to go to different galaxies and obtain power stars, so I'm kind of hoping the Observatory is back to being fully functional by the time I move in. Speaking of other galaxies, though, technically speaking, I could use the Observatory to travel to any other galaxy on this list and vacation there instead of moving in, but that seems like such a (laughs) cop-out, so I'm not going to grade the Comet Observatory with that logic in mind. Even then, though, tough to beat the hub world. Mario developers really know how to... Create a space that keeps you at ease when they're designing hubs. Uh, space. Haha, no pun intended. But in this case, the hub world is defeated by my number one pick, the best world in this game to call home, the Grand Finale Galaxy. Only accessible by 100%ing the game as Mario and Luigi, the Grand Finale Galaxy shows us the rare sight of a Mushroom Kingdom at peace. Okay, I get it. The Mushroom Kingdom doesn't sound like the best place to live, considering how many times Bowser up and marches an entire army into it. But in this galaxy, Bowser has already been defeated, and the people of the different galaxies have gathered in celebration with penguins, toads, robots, and all other races of the cosmos, hanging out and vibing under a beautiful moonlit night. There's plenty of houses, so you definitely not be lonely. And though it may not be a tropical paradise or an interstellar space station, the grand finale galaxy has a cozy little settlement full of heart, and I think that's probably what makes this the ideal galaxy to move to. That's right, your reward for collecting every power star in the game twice, is the gift of high-quality real estate. Thanks, Nintendo. You've just listened to another episode of Geeks Crossing. If you could live in any location in Super Mario Galaxy, which would you pick? Do you agree or disagree with any of my rankings? Let us know in our Discord. Link is in the description of this episode, as always, along with a link to our Instagram, at Geeks Crossing. Show some love to Keith and Nick, at Nuclear Bacon's and at CryptoLock Gaming on Twitch and be sure to continue to support us wherever you're listening to us right now, whether that be on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or iHeartRadio. Tell your friends and families about us, especially the Mario fans in your life. I'm Matt, and welcome, New Galaxy!